Now on 94.7 WPVC LP Charlottesville, it's time for the only area radio show devoted exclusively to football. That is to say, soccer. Local MLS, Premier League, and International. It's Blokes on the Bench, and you can reach us at 434-284-9470 or at facebook.com slash blokes on the bench. Now here's your host, Andy Richardson. Hello, Charlottesville. It's been a while. It's been a long while. It has been. It's been a long, hot summer. Is it coming home? Uh, we'll get to that. Um, we're doing a very special blokes this afternoon, uh, this evening even, and I'm going to pass it around uh, and everyone introduce themselves. Well, who, who are you? Did you introduce yourself? Me? Yeah. I'm me. You're you. I'm me. Well, you're you and I'm me. And, uh, <laughs> I'm Christian. I'm Mark. Uh, my name's Brent. Deesh. So Deesh and Brent, like, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Like, who are you? Who are you? <clears throat> um, so my name is Deesh Patel. I'm Canadian. I immigrated down to the U.S. about four years ago. My background is in soccer. I played since you know, I was a little one. Um, there was an old league that most Americans don't know of. It's called the CSL, so I played in that a little bit with Winnipeg and Ottawa. Um, and then um, that is now a defunct league. Got the chance to go over and play over in England for a little bit. Oh, wow. Um, and then uh, that was a very short career. <laughs> and then I came back to Canada and I got involved in coaching. I've been involved in coaching for about uh, 25 years now. And uh, I've got my, I've been fortunate enough, I got a you know, national license in Canada. Right. England, or sorry, Canada, U.S., and a couple of FIFA licenses as well. And I've been involved with the equivalent of our national training program, what you guys would call, I guess, your academy or regional ODP program, and done some university ODP stuff as well. probably. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So just been in the game for a long, long time as a player very shortly, but as a coach primarily. Okay, perfect. And uh, this is Brent, and uh, I have a... USSF A license, which is the highest license you can get in the United States. I played at Liberty University, had the opportunity to work with a, a lot of youth players who have gone on to play with a national team and uh, several youth World Cups, and just excited to be here and talking World Cup with you guys. Awesome. So this World Cup, going into, I remember back, it must have been in February when we talked about this, Christian and I and, and Mark had this debate about how, especially with the political climate, you know, with Russia, and then of course there was all this stuff about racism and homophobia. This was, you know, and, and not to mention uh, f uh, football hooliganism and stuff like that, that this was going to be like a litmus test. But this World Cup... I, I'd say on that end, it's been pretty good. Right. I mean, there hasn't been as many what? headlines as I thought there would have been. Right. And I, th I think the expectations I felt were a little low for me about this World Cup. I wasn't really that excited. An England fan uh, didn't really expect much out of them. And um, I thought there'd be more trouble. But this World Cup has been as exciting, if not one of the best World Cups, I feel. I All the how... Fox announcers are, are hot to say that this is the best World Cup ever. Uh, of course, the lack of the United States being in it leaves me a little flat. But uh, from what I've read, that uh, the government in Russia basically threatened citizens, citizens there uh, with the loss of their homes if any hooliganism occurred on <coughs> soil during the World Cup. And that might be part of the factor that you're not seeing too much of uh, or any real reports coming out uh, from Russia, which to their benefit, I, I'll give them full credit. They obviously had the Olympics a few years ago, so maybe that was a good trial run for them. 
and they've in managed Sochi, yeah. and they've managed to keep the hooligans at home or in their gulags or wherever. And that, that's a cheap joke, but it's good to see that the World Cup is being played not only on the field at its best level, but also in the stands. That the supporters yeah. are just wonderful. The beautiful game at its best. Dish, what do you think of the World Cup so far? Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, I'm probably the most neutral fan <clears throat> here, but um, so when I when I started watching it, it was just to watch, as you said, the beautiful game. I just want to experience some fantastic soccer. I, I would I would, and we've seen that. I would say though a little bit that's gone to the. I think there's only one game that was played in, in call it poor spirits, which is the Columbia England match a little mm. bit, and we've had like sort of one sense or one instance afterwards of, of fan misbehavior. When you look at the rest of the games and the way that's been played on the pitch and the spirit that the teams have played with, and then you see, I think it just carries on into the stands and then it carries on outside the stadium. So I think it's, it's, it's the game's progressed, it's gotten better, it's been fantastic, and I think the, the fans have participated, um, they've enjoyed it properly, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, it seems like everybody is getting along and, you know, it, it seems like there's not a bunch of problems in the stands and... I think really the only thing we can talk about that's been bad is this guy Vita from Croatia <laughs> saying something about Ukraine and getting in trouble with Russia. But uh, as far as anything, you didn't hear about that? No. Uh, there was a YouTube video that him and I guess it was their scout posted after the Croatia-Russia game. And the guy, you know, the ponytail, Vita, said something about, like, this Scoring one's for Ukraine. Yeah, this one's for Ukraine, so... What do you think of of the World Cup so far, Brentley? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's been good, and there's been a lot of good matches. Um, a couple of surprises, obviously, with Germany and Argentina and Spain going out in uh, the round of 16, and Germany going out in the group stages. But I think that finishing dead last in the group stages. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, finishing dead last. But I, th- I think there's a precedent that's been set for that. Spain won uh, the World Cup in 2010 and then went out in 2014 in the group stages. So. And Italy did the same thing in 2006. Yeah, absolutely. France. And they didn't even make the World Cup this year. Yeah. So, um, But it's it's been good enjoyment. Um, I, the one thing that's kind of intrigued me a little bit is why uh, – I think I know the answer, but I would like to hear from Andy. Like, why have the, there been more England supporters? I didn't, yeah, I've heard the same thing about the, the traveling uh, fans has been low, but I think it's also to do with the stadium sizes, because they're only 45,000 seated, right? Yeah, they're not huge. Um, I mean, yeah, I, and like, there were issues at the Euro Cup when we were doing the show when we first started, we weren't on air yet, but we were kind of doing test practicing. runs. Yeah, practicing, uh, to make your experience better out there, viewers. Um, anyways, listeners. we were talking about yes, that, and there viewers. were there were a lot of issues with that World Cup specifically, or sorry, Euro Cup between English and Russia fans. So maybe I don't some- know. Maybe the English fans were like, "Hey, like we'll just hang out in England. Like we don't have to go right, to Russia." Right. And I mean, it's expensive. Like, yeah, they can pop over there. You know, it's not the end of the world, but. Ideally, they want to be there, but you saw those videos from some of the viewing parties, like when Deli Alley scored the other day, and mm. going, going absolutely nuts. insane, insane. Nuts. Yeah, I um, what I read and what I saw on there was that they started uh, turning out for the quarterfinals, but before that okay. group stage, the second round, there was very low supporters. It was very much like 
away matches, especially against Columbia. The, the entire yeah. stadium was all Columbia. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that go partly to, and not to slag off English supporters, because obviously this is where the birthplace of the beautiful game is, uh, that the traveling support from especially South America, those supporters, they're crazy. <laughs> they've, they've shown that fully. I don't know that the English don't have the access to the tickets or the uh, other nationals have just bought them up. I, I don't know the ins and outs of, of how you get into those stadiums. We'll find out here uh, in about eight years in the States how we get in and out of those stadiums. Yeah. That's a good point. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think uh, I think a lot of the English supporters have been, bu- have been busy making It's Coming Home YouTube videos uh, because the Internet seems to be awash in uh, all sorts of memes and videos with people <laughs> putting that song to anything and everything they can. And uh, well done by England. I mean, just fantastic. And as a as a as a show that primarily deals with the Premier League, we're all very uh, fond of these players and very uh, keen on, on what they're doing from week to week. And I remember having the conversation with, with all you guys about how does it feel to be watching the national team uh, as a United supporter, Andy, and, and knowing uh, Harry Kane, you know. The, the, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. So Not, it, listen, listen. Here's the thing, though. When I say this, England are, are different kettle of fish. You can England comes above. So obviously, my pol, my background is I'm from Northern Ireland, so there's a bit of political differences there. I support Republic of Ireland and England, um, but obviously, Republic aren't in it, so I support England 100. percent The flag comes above any team, any club team. I'll wear a Cane shirt. I'm sorry if people get offended by that. I don't know that in my experience that anyone. And now that you've said that. And uh, obviously, we have a pretty big um, British community in Canada all across. So, you know, I've been, you know, shoulder yeah. to shoulder to them. But uh, now that you say that, that is actually a pretty good observation. I've never noticed that anyone's been upset when I'm wearing an England opponent jersey, if that makes sense. Right. You know? I can't take credit for this, but seeing City supporters arm in arm with United and Spurs and Liverpool supporters, because these players who have come from these big clubs, they've all. This, this English side has united those supporters in a way but, that you would never see otherwise. Right. But I think one of the geniuses, I'm guessing down to Southgate, is that w- there was a video, um, it was Rio Ferdinand, he was talking about how him and a lot of the other players, the Chelsea players, they, they'd known each other through the youth academies, but then they all split off into yeah. kind of rival clubs. Mm-hmm. Rio Ferdinand, and I can't remember who it was. Frank Lampard. Frank, Frank Lampard, Steve thank you. Gerard. Frank Lampard. They never spoke to each other during the England games, yeah. ever. And I think that the difference is now they they realize yes we can put club they aside. They had a there's a photograph of maybe? there's a photograph of uh, Jesse Lingard doing his Spidey celebration whatever it is, and uh, beside him is Sterling hugging each other on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't think that out of recent England squads would have ever happened. This is the only thing I want. If England wins. And Christian's going to agree with me on this. Oasis needs to play some shows in London. <laughs> or Manchester, wherever. That, that's all I ask for. Maybe that's like, what it takes. Are maybe they... I can't be there, but I'll watch it on YouTube. Okay, so... And I'll be... Go ahead. I love it. Is Are, are the Gallagher brothers going to get back together? <laughs> if England wins the World Cup, that's about our only chance. So, I know me and Christian. Come on. The day, that. the day will come, but uh, that, that maybe England winning the World Cup will help bring them back, but I don't I don't think it will. I know we're giving Andy a hard time, but in fairness, I think United has the second most 
players on the England squad behind Tottenham. And, and here's the thing, though, and I'll point this out. I would much rather Rose was playing ahead of Young any day of the week. I think he's better going forward. Yeah, but uh, the thing with Danny... Uh, well, I, one's a left back and one's not. So. Right. <laughs> Correct. And actually, I mean, to be fair, you could make a case for Phil Jones over uh, Trippier maybe and move Walker to, to right back. But Southgate wants to play this back three, which is very interesting. And, and since we've got some technical people here, uh, I'd, I'm always interested in tactics, and we could have a whole other show just talking about that. But Kyle Walker's talked about how working into, and I'm a City supporter, so I'm keen to hear anything he has to say, uh, that playing this role for him is a little out of norm for him, but he's adjusted. I think he's adjusted well. He's obviously one of the best right backs in the world when he's in his proper location but I think the back three has really worked I think that's part in that John Stones and Walker have a great relationship on the field already with each other I think McGuire I mean <clears throat> that guy's been great scored a couple goals like seems to fit in the spot and yeah I would say with uh, going back to Danny Rose just for a minute I mean he he suffered with injuries all year so and, and when he came back on with Tottenham um, you know he was trying to get in the the team over Ben Davies, but Davies was so consistent forever, and Rose had all the injury problems, so his form probably just isn't as sharp as uh, mm-hmm. Ashley Young, and Ashley Young played left back all season for Mourinho, and you well, know what you, something. you know what you're going to get out of him. He's, cons- he's consistent, he's going to yeah. be there, he's going to get up and down the pitch, and he's going to go and get into the attack, and I think it's something that, that they need. Trippier's done a good job. You know, Walker's done a good job to this point, but I don't know that they've have actually faced a very, Attested. A, yeah. a very threatening attacking line. Yeah. And my worry with Walker is when he played with Spurs and you see it with City too, he's good for one to two pretty poor errors a match. And is that going to cost him in the semis? I, I, as a City supporter, I would agree. There are times when you look at him and you go, what were you doing? At, at key moments that cost us goals. So in, in a bigger stage now in the World Cup, I think Croatia's got a great chance to knock them off. But what I saw out of Croatia versus Russia yesterday lends me to believe that they're not going to beat England. They didn't have a good show at all. I'll, I'll just say one more thing, and it's going to be like, why are you saying this? But I agree with what they're talking about with Walker, and I've been telling people the last couple of days, who's going to be able to mark Mbappe? But actually, England is the only squad that's probably going to actually be able to mark Mbappe yeah. with pace. I mean... Right. Yeah. No, um, I, I disagree. I mean, I've, I've seen Vertonghen play. Um, you know, Roberto Martinez showed that he can adjust his tactics in a system if they were able to, you know, basically play Namor out of a match, then I would feel hmm. like he would be able to come up with a system and right. a tactical setup. Yeah, but setup. this is Mbappe. Like, I, yeah. I, I, He's he's definitely one of the key, like the the star players of this World Cup, Mbappe. Um, anyway, listen, you're listening to Blokes on the Bench. Before I forget, we are running a Twitter poll on our Twitter page, BOTB Soccer. Who do you think? Well, which team is going to win the World Cup? And the poll is Viva la France, coming home, England, the Red Devils, Belgium, and the Blazers, which is the Croatia, Croatia's nickname. And out in 64% right now is England. So uh, yeah, don't forget, about guys. How many if you times guys, did you vote, Andy? 
How many times did you vote? I didn't vote once. <laughs> Greggy's on there then. Yeah. I was going to say, Alex is probably like just tapping away, tapping away. Um, don't forget, guys, if you want to get in contact with the show, if you've got a question or if you want to let us know who do you think is going to win the World Cup, the, call, the, uh, the number is 434-284-9470. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to point out, and I heard this the other day, it's kind of mind-blowing if you think about it, right? Four years ago, Kane was a fan and a supporter. And this World Cup, he's the captain of the England squad. In four years. That's crazy. He's been fantastic and definitely the best player on the English side for me uh, so far. I think he's been outstanding and, and is doing everything he can to bring his career and his time at Spurs probably to an end because somebody's going to come in and take him away. But it's exciting to see all these young players and, and talking about Neymar you know, being essentially marked out of a game. I, I Just to get back to Brazil and Belgium, because I thought that was one of the more fascinating matches of the entire tournament to all-star squads, obviously, all world squads. Uh, was it Belgium were that good or Brazil that bad? Because what I saw with Brazil was terrible, and what I saw with Belgium was really good, but Brazil just seemed to have let their golden generation here sort of wither on the vine, maybe? It's <clears throat> so when when you were talking earlier about some technical stuff and that that you're right that is the way we view the match, it's it's through that lens. Um, it's interesting you say that. Uh, I felt that it was a game of two halves because really, if you look at it, um, Belgium absolutely dominated the first half. They controlled it. Hazard was unbelievable. Mm. He was um, the, the the common term right now is metronome, right? That's what we talk about when we talk about it. So he was um, he controlled it. He ran it. They they went ahead. I thought in the second half, now, it might have been that their tactics, I, I, we weren't in the change room, I don't know if the Belgium coach said, hey, let's step back, let's, let's absorb, let's, let's go. But in, in my opinion, if I look at it, and um, I, I don't remember right now the, uh, the stats for the second half by itself, but Brazil played in their half. Um, Coutinho seemed to have his foot on the ball a ton. They controlled it. Um, Would you say Coutinho was the best Brazilian player in this World Cup? Um... Consistently, probably. Um, I, was, I was a little bit surprised by him. However, in that second half, you look at Costa. I mean, he was just rampaging up and down that mm. right wing. I mean, oh, he was so just, good. it was just unbelievable. Now, you know, I, I am not. But he doesn't start every game. It, he, he was hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm, not a, I'm not a Neymar glory boy. Um, but, it, you know, I, and I know all the, I know everything that's going to be said about Neymar. However, in that game, if I look at it, you know, he, he did try to play. He, he tried to take the ball. He took players on. He stayed on his feet as best he could. I, I really think that was an interesting game. I would, like to be, I would like to be told that the Belgian coach actually told his team to step back and absorb because if not, I'm a little bit worried if they can play 90 minutes against France. I can tell you that there's no way in the world Roberto Martinez made that good of a technical change. I, actually, I, I mean, I will agree with you from his time at Everton. What about however, Henri? How, however, however, you did see that he started Fellaini, and he pushed De Bruyne into the front line. So I think that it was actually a tactical move for him to sit and absorb and then play into De Bruyne, who's been one of the best passers. You've seen it with Man City all year. He's unbelievable. We all, we all know KDB. He, he, he's unbelievable on the break. And they were going to play in, in the side that Marcelo was going to attack in all day. But I will say, because uh, uh, Dish and I talked about this earlier, that 
in my opinion, the fact that Neymar took a couple of early dives in the box potentially cost Brazil penalties that they deserved later in the match. What do you guys think about that? Tell you what, why don't we go to break and uh, let Mark and everyone else think about that. We're listening to Blokes on the Bench. The time is 20 past six. You're listening to Blokes on the Bench on 94.7 WPVC. Reach us at 284-9470 and at facebook.com slash blokes on the bench. Back after this time out. Welcome back to Blokes on the Bench. What are you doing? What are you doing, Mark? Hey? All right. Um, That's a whole other Oasis thing. Reunion. Come on. Gallagher <laughs> Brothers. All right. So let's get back onto it. Who do you think has been the star player of the World Cup so far? Who, me? Yes, Mark, you. We're just going to leave everyone else out of it and just ask you. <laughs> no, <laughs> our expert, Mark. Go on. Mbappe. Anyone else? Yeah, I, I've got a very controversial uh, player here, and I think Andy will like this. But my star player is uh, Fellaini. I don't like Fellaini. So. <laughs> well, listen, no one likes Fellaini except <laughs> except for Marine. I, 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 I don't even want to be your friend anymore right now. Like, I, how do Fellaini? Listen, listen. He brought Fellaini on uh, against Japan. He scores a goal. He starts Fellaini, and he shores up midfield. Is Belgium in the semifinals without Fellaini's performance? Well, go ahead, Christian. I think I, I'm not going to argue with you on that. But has he been the best player in the tournament? I mean. Well, my, my best player leads the Golden Boot race. Clearly the best player in the World Cup this year has been the own goal. 11 own goals scored by f- five goals ahead of anybody, ahead of Harry Kane. I mean, come on, own goal. United should be lining up Real Madrid, whoever it is. They're going to line up and put a, a world-breaking Man City was in. beating Brazil the other day 2-0. Yeah, there you go. So should there not be a Golden Boot, like a Dirty Boot award? Or like- no, I will say there have been a lot of goals on set pieces in this cup. England like, England took the most pretty much I think Russia right? just Russia forced uh, an extra so so best on goal goes to uh, Fernandinho <laughs> I, I don't know that Fernandinho and of course the city apologist will come in and, and, and make excuses but company put a ball in uh, very dangerous it hit off the back of Fernandinho's arm I, I don't think he had any idea that he was in a potentially dangerous area the ball in however uh, was just <laughs> absolutely stellar and Chadley, who couldn't get a run at Tottenham, was starting for Belgium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about <clears throat> the the spike in, in in set pieces and own goals, directly relatable to VAR, I'm not sure I'm a fan. You guys have an opinion? I'm get rid of it. Horrible, <laughs> ruining the game. Interesting. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Absolutely. It's about the experience in the stadium and taking even the 10 seconds. They've done it well. I will give them credit for that. But the, the theatrics of running over and doing the little square to go over and look at the screen, and then you've got the 30 seconds, it's just it's not good for the people in the stands. It's good for us sitting at home, which obviously is what TV, that's where all the money's coming from. It's not from the supporters in the stands. So VAR is here, probably going to be fully instituted across all leagues. I'm not saying it's the worst idea. I just don't like the way it's done. I don't know that there's a right answer. I just am all about human error. I mean, that's it. We're, if, if it's going to be a simulation, then take the players off. Let's all just play FIFA on, on, our, on our computers or on our game systems, and then you don't have to worry about it. But that's not it. You know, should there be all these abilities to go back and change errors? I, I just, I don't get it. I'm on your side. Um, I don't know that I have a very practical reason 
against VAR, but emotionally, I'm, I'm not a big fan. If um, <clears throat> watching a tournament as closely as I have, if, if I go back to the very first, almost one of the first touches Neymar took, turn, turns a defender in midfield, starts to beat him, gets his shirt pulled back, no card, nothing, foul. Why wasn't that called back in the middle of the pitch? Yet that same foul will be called in the box. Right. You change the game. Right. Um, the, the, it's had an incredible impact. I think the spike is almost 24, 26% um, in goals off set pieces. Um, only because you know the referees can go back and, and, and they're calling penalties or they're calling fouls that they wouldn't have called. Mm -hmm. They're more comfortable calling them because they figure, you know, i got nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. If I'm wrong, VAR is going to catch me. I'm not sure because... You, again, I'll go back to the technical part of it. Part of what happens and when, when we watch these tournaments is they, they, they show and they, they predict trends in the, in the development of the game. So I think it's been really awesome the last 10, 12 years. We've had defenders bombing forward and going forward and, and coming into the attack. And I think the game's just been better for it. Now, all of a sudden, if we know we're going back to the set pieces, I'm sorry, I'm, that's putting the game back 10, 12, 15 years because now we got to put in the big, strong defenders. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, that's, that's my... Yeah, my, my opinion, um, if you look at American sports, we have basketball, we have American football, and we all have replay systems. And one of the things that always has drawn me to soccer was that it was a game where the players decided what happened. And now we're, we're introducing opportunities for coaches to make changes and coaches to uh, have timeouts, if you will, on the field and be able to impact the play. Now, at, at the international level, they should be able to make adjustments on their own. But, you know, how does that affect? Will that come down into the college? Will that come down into uh, – it won't come into high school because it's just, you know, so cost-intensive. Cost, but yeah. will, will that be something that impacts, you know, like Tisha's saying, the future development of our young players where they're going to be saying, well, we're going to stop playing because – you know, VAR is going to take care of it, or are they going to continue to make decisions on the field? And I'm not a fan of it, obviously. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I I actually really like what you guys are saying about it. Like, it makes a lot of sense, but I guess I've grown up as <clears throat> primarily an American sports fan where I have watched these sports where there is review, and... I think it's kind of added to some of the theatrics of the games. And, like, I know, like, it might not be good for the stand. I know this and that. But I think they should have tested this system before a World Cup. Right. Well, they did have a few. I, I, I would, Cup I would like so generally what they'll do, just so you know, is before they – Do they do it in, like, the FIFA the, – the youth, they'll, they'll run it in the youth tournaments. Okay. Okay. So, That's and we won't see that. But, yeah, they'll – before they put anything in the senior tournaments, they'll always run like the U21s, U17s, those kind of things. Yeah, and I mean, and like my thing too, like I know I'm an Arsenal fan and like we've gotten kind of rolled on a lot of penalties over the last couple <laughs> years, but like. According to Wenger. Eh, well, you know, whatever. Uh, so I, I'm not sold on it. I'm not over it. I'm just at this point, like it's new. So right. like maybe let's give it some time. Well, my thing is, does this make refereeing the referees less adapted their game because they can go, well, I didn't get it, so I'll just rely on this. It's like a crutch. And they've been told know? not to flag certain things because VAR will pick it up, which I think takes away the authority of the officials on the pitch. And again, you're, it down a bit. you're disrupting what we 
have been used to for well over 100 years or so in, in how the game flows. One other thing that's come out of this World Cup in, a, in an advancement, and maybe I wasn't aware of it prior, but the uh, Japanese club uh, going through on fair points play uh, oh, I thought shocking. was just absolutely a fascinating thing. Obviously, it took a seventh tiebreaker to get to that level, uh, but to see a team as exciting and talented as Nigeria go home because one too many players <laughs> got yellow carded, you're going to have to start these tournaments now saying, like, look, guys, it's tight. All these nations until we, we go into the 46, which I don't even want to talk about. Right. That's, that's embarrassing. I was just about to bring that up. Actually. But the 32, I mean, the level of play I think we saw – Pretty much only two or three nations really fell flat on their faces, and I could make a cheap German joke on that, but I, I won't. Uh, there, there were other countries who just weren't ready for the big stage yet or maybe had a had an injury like Egypt, whose best player wasn't able to play because he was still crying or still hurt. Uh, so anyway, it's interesting to see that going forward in these tournaments, you're going to have to make it aware to your players, look, we could get knocked out of this just like Nigeria did. That's going to be a story that the Nigerians are going to carry for a long, long time. And the Japanese are probably like, yeah, we played the game the right way and we got through and that's why we got through. Yeah. So it's interesting, just to, just a quick comment about <clears throat> when you're talking about Germany and, and them getting knocked out in Argentina and Spain as well. Um, it's a little bit counterintuitive because the players we're talking about, the ages are, you know, the variances between 23-year-olds and 28-year-olds, which by any measure is a young man. Um, younger teams tend to do better at Euros, at World Cups. So if you look at Germany, even a difference of a year and a half in average age makes a difference consistently across the board. Well, and they left the Premier League's Youth Player of the, the Year, year at money. home who may have changed a little bit of uh, their, their adaptability just to start bombing down the wings. Leroy Sané was a real disappointment for City supporters not to make the plane, but now he'll be well-rested well and score 25 goals for City this year. So Fair enough. Okay. But if you look at it, because I think, um, I can't remember if you guys mentioned earlier something else that came across um, you know, in my news feeds earlier, but England, young squad, mm -hmm. doing well. Um, Brazil. France, or sorry, Belgium, France, young squads doing well. I do not know the average age of the Croatian squad. Um, I know Modric is supposed to be the old boy at 32. 32 yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, the youth youth is telling right now. So just a comment about Germany and, and stuff like that a little bit. Um, the, uh, the other big question, though, is to me, if you look at the game, yes, Russia scoring in the 115th minute, you know, that, that was exciting, but... In the 53rd minute, I don't want to see another goal off of corner kick. Like, I mean, that goal that... Uh, Putin Church... didn't get that goal? <laughs> the uh, the goal that... Uh, Church, uh, how do you say his name? Shershev? Shershev? I can never say his name properly. Shershev, I think. What a fantastic goal. Off open play. And then eight minutes later, Croatia coming down. Brilliant service. I mean, I want to see goals off open play. I don't want to see goals off corners and set pieces and free kicks. But a team with lesser talent is going to have to work those kinds of mm. uh, game plan like that. And that's what Russia clearly came in. Croatia, you're talking about a midfield that oh, is ridiculous. There's nothing, there's no better dreamy. midfield no. than Rakitic and Modric. Brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. There's nothing anybody can do that's going to counter that. And the fact that they figured out a way for them to play together. Mm -hmm. By the because way, sorry, how many times Gerard Lampard can't play together, mm -hmm. so many teams can't play together, like give it off to Croatia for having two really good midfielders that play very similar positions for their clubs. Against blood rival clubs as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Andy, just a quick comment. Um, earlier, you asked what the player, for me, is, it has been Modric. Oh. And I'm not. 100%. <laughs> so, player, them, player so, of the tournament so far. So, uh, you were mentioning 
a few minutes ago. Andy, by you Ni- didn't Ni- answer, hold on. though. About Nigeria. Oh. All right. Now, just as aesthetically, who do you think has the best-looking kit? <laughs> <laughs> I think France. I think Christian sold me on it. I, I hate to say it, but the French, that, those kits are gorgeous. My son actually commented and was like, dude, those kits are sweet. <laughs> I originally wasn't, like, super huge on the different blue shades, like, on the sleeves. But then when I saw them in action, I was like, yeah, man, that's pretty hot. I think the England red shirt. Uh, that's very nice. <laughs> Trying to find it, though, is real. I mean, I can't get anything in my size. I'm a, a big boy. Can't get anything past a medium now. And, uh, <laughs> All right, so and, uh, hold on. You two are the only two not to answer best. Well, you said own goal. But best what? Player of the tournament, tournament so, so far. far. It has to. I, I think Mbappe. I, I'm going to say that. that really? And no, I'm not going to tap your hand. To be serious. No. I said the same thing. Because I know you did, but I'm an England supporter, and I would. I want to see. I want to say Kane, but for the future of the game, and for somebody that maybe in four years' time is going to be like, because you know, every World Cup seems to be. It's always, you know, Ronaldo and Messi, are they going to be on fire? And, and Ronaldo did kind of pull it out the box a few times. But, yeah, I want to see new t- new players. Everyone's talking about Mbappe at PSG last season. This year, at the World Cup, you know, he well, I think Mbappe is definitely going to Madrid. Well, my player, well, that, to, to be serious, and I have sung his praises on this JDB. show multiple, multiple times and will continue to do so, N'Golo Kante. Uh, my man crush on you. I, I would never wear another <laughs> national team, but I, that N'Golo Kante French shirt. I, I just, He's an alien, it's, man. It's got to be hanging on my wall, or uh. Uh, I got to be wearing it because that guy, he controls everything out there. If he's not intercepting it, he's starting something. He's just everywhere. It's amazing how someone that small can dominate everybody out there and doesn't score Mac-a-lay-lay. goals. He's, I would say, it's similar, but. That was a different time, a different age. I mean, athletes today are just better all around. And N'Golo Conte, to me, that's the player of the tournament. What about Matweedy? I love Matweedy. Yeah, you're a big Matweedy fan. I am. How about Courtois? Well, that speaks to another point because... Or Pickford. We've not... And uh, name... name uh, Akinfeu? Akinfeu? I mean, listen, let's, let's be honest. The goalkeeping has been absolutely stellar, mm-hmm. especially coming in. I know there's the one clanger by the Uruguayan keeper um, and off Griezmann shot. That was a little bit unfortunate. But when you look at it from behind... Willie Caballero having... <laughs> Caballero, yeah, yeah. But overall, the keepers, when they've had, they they needed to make the saves, it. they've made the saves. Well, what's been going on with these penalty shootouts, right? Or, or penalties with the back leg catching the ball. I've never seen that before, but two keepers did it. Um, that is crazy. It's, it's you know, basically it's... it's um, it's such a science now, like, and, and you heard Pickford talk about it, I think, after the match, and he actually said, like, you know, of the shooters, I think there was one one of the five that went the wrong way. These guys have studied and studied. We think it's a guessing game. It's not even a guessing game anymore. They have studied film. They know. It's like NFL players are watching game tape. They, like, I'm sure. Like, they know. So what hap- what I, what's happening now is these players are already moving to that side, but they're moving a little bit more in control. So they're just able to get their body like back. Like you've seen, you've seen a couple of saves with the backhand as well, as opposed to running. Right. They're just because they're, they're not throwing themselves; they're actually moving in control. The the actual safest move for a goalkeeper and the safest like assumption is that they're going to hit the ball down the middle. So if you look at Harry Kane, Kane went to the left on his first two penalties, and then he mm-hmm. went against uh, Aspina for Colombia. Where'd he go? He went straight down the middle. 
And he knew that Ospina had watched, and that's where Kane went probably 70% of the time. So a lot of these guys now, it's not about the pace. It's not about you. All you're doing is really just trying to pass the ball into the net. And there's a lot Although more Kane's balls. Kane's first going. two were blasters. They were unbelievable. And you saw and the. And I one was that... hoping for Aspina to save that, being an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andy. Okay. But you, you saw the one he hit in in the actual penalty shootout. He hit it to the same side, and Aspina couldn't save it. Yeah. But it's a guessing game. That's it. They're always so trying your, to change their location. Who's your keeper of the World Cup then? Uh, it doesn't have to say. be somebody in it now. I mean, you know. <laughs> Courtois. Say. Oh, okay. You went the other way. Because I was actually, I'm actually thinking Pickford's done really well for himself. Because Pickford, Pickford yeah. does have the stature some of these other keepers have. Anticipation, power, intelligence, and consistently. Not just one, not just two, but consistently game by game. But Courtois basically is the reason Belgium is in the semis. Uh, I, hey, I don't know that. Greggy sang Pickford's praises two years ago when we first started this show. And I was like, who's this guy? Just to, just Greggy to. was right, okay? Pickford, like, the other day when the back line's getting disorganized towards the end of the match, he was screaming at all those players. Hats off to that yeah. kid, man. He's young. And, like, he is... He's bossing He's, he's bossing everybody. Hasn't, 100%. Hasn't, no one mentioned this, but hasn't Hugo Lloris had... A I, I don't know that I don't. You can't name a bad keeper in this final four. Right. Uh, just having mean? the Spurs supporter here, I, I figured that that would have been that would have been the answer. But <laughs> well, Larice has made uh, he made one good save in the quarters, and and they may not be here now without that one save. By I that mean, definition, that, that's, that's all we're talking True. about at this point. Is but I would say that in uh, margins, I would say yeah, you're yeah. totally right. But Courtois, I would think, uh, in my opinion, made a couple of additional saves. Uh, over some of the Brazilian players, yeah. so it's a it's it's a, it's a changing game definitely because I mean Neuer was supposed to be the best prior to this tournament. They're talking about Manuel Neuer arguably being the best keeper ever. Never bought it. Just what about De Gea? Broken foot. That, that, that's that, it's tough that he was coming off the injury he was coming off. Of. Yeah, De Gea was shocking. In yeah, my he was. But how about actually to watch this? I thought was so awesome. Uh, Denmark in the the PK shootout against Croatia. And um, Schmeichel was unbelievable oh, in that game. And then to watch oh, wow. his dad in the stadium, like that was a really cool moment for me. I kept looking at the people I was watching the game with, my wife, and was just like, look how excited, you know, his dad is right now. I was like, this is unbelievable. All right, guys, the time is now 20 to 7. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. All right, so predictions. We got... England versus Croatia, France versus Belgium. Well, let's do France-Belgium because that's actually the first game. All right. Tuesday. Belgium. Okay. Mark. Anyone? France. I got France. Mm. Mbappe. <laughs> I think, to be honest with you, I'm hoping France because, I, I, I don't know. I mean, England and Belgium played each other. I don't think they played to win... You know, they knew. That no, that was easier. so disappointing. Giannis, I was the only one celebrating. <laughs> Everyone else was like, thanks, All right, so if Yanazai celebrates in a World Cup game, you know it's not worth watching. 
happened. Isn't he a Man United player? Or did no. They sell him? Oh, they sell him. <laughs> he he oh, gone. Off to Dortmund and then back to, was it Stoke or Sunderland or one of the two? And then, no, I, I, was it Stoke or was it Sunderland? I think it was Sunderland. He played for Sunderland for on loan. It was funny watching him play there because nobody wanted to pass the ball. They were all like, uh, they would turn to him and they go, oh no, other direction. Don't give it to him. Um, but he did play for United. He did, yes, and I never liked him. I never. I thought he was. But he did too score under yeah, Van Gaal. He did score a nice goal that game. Yeah. Yeah. Give him that. <laughs> yeah. I wonder okay. what Yanazai means in his national language. Rubbish footballer. Not playing here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, France win. Um, Agreed. So only one Belgium vote. Wait, the English guy just said that he's hoping France. Yeah, wins, France but... England final. Because he wants to oh, stick it okay. to France <laughs> in the final. That's why. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so we know Andy's rooting for England in, in that match. Fun, yeah. We got that. Uh, I'll say Croatia's going to knock England off. I, I just like the underdog story there. Agreed. Um, well, you were talking about Modric earlier. I love Modric. But mostly I'm agreeing only because I'm in a World Cup pool, and I picked Belgium and England <laughs> in the third place uh, bronze medal mm. game. So that's why I'm pulling for uh, Croatia. Sounds like you're doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I won it already. Yeah, well, you're, uh, buying, you're buying beers after the show, then. Fair enough. I, uh, you know what? That would be just be amazing if that ever happened. His wife's laughing at you right now. <laughs> I know this has happened before. So um, I think that the Croatia England match is going to be the more interesting game. Personally, Modric puts his foot in the ball, controls it. Croatia wins it. I just think England is just more balanced back to back, and um, I, I just I hate it, but I think England's going to win this match. Mm. Hate Agreed. it. <laughs> Really? Why do you hit it? You're not a fan of England? Like, I, I know. This, I think I'm, they're going to get boss in the midfield. Andy, I'm not going to get into it, but I've been an England supporter for too many years where they've broken my heart. I know. <laughs> I know. Same here. Um, I just think that... It's coming. Home. It's coming. <laughs> here it comes. Here it's it coming. Comes. Here it Football's comes. 45-minute mark. Yeah, 40, 15 minutes left in the show. He's... It's All right, let, let me just run through the Twitter poll we have, which is which team has won the World Cup, and I did 62% England. So that's I don't know. Not, maybe they have more optimism than I do. That's <laughs> not happening. I'm, I'm, no. France know. wins this World Cup. I, I hope not, but I, I, I don't know. I'm being He's optimist. Right. I'm a pessimist. It's exactly Bobby. the same time. So we have a France, France. We know Marks with France. I'm Belgium. I'm gonna ride that horse to the end, and then Andy. I'm it's gonna, coming home. Yeah, there it's we go. Coming, coming home, Andy. It's good. It's good. So no one's giving Croatia a chance in this. They're going to no. finish fourth in that poll. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Everyone's like, it's just a side <laughs> one there. Yeah. Bottom. Um, all right, so let's let's move on from the World Cup very briefly because we wanted to talk a little bit about the Premiership just because that's what we also concentrate on. And uh, So I'll pass it over to our City fan. Yeah, now, now Daniel's not here to, to, to talk about City as well, but uh, City score 100 points. Uh, first time that's happened in the Premier League. I'm not going to bore anybody with stats over that. It was a fantastic season, not only for the club, but the supporters to have two trophies won. It's very exciting. The future's extremely bright. Uh, future signings coming in, hopefully, by the end of this week. It's been long rumored that uh, Mares and uh, Jorginho are, are arriving to shore us up for Champions League, so that's exciting. Uh, not only has that happened with City, so much has changed since we were last all together. Uh, Arsene Wenger no longer being the manager of Arsenal. I mean, that Thank is Thank you, just, Professor. That is, that, I never thought that day would ever come. Uh, Real Madrid winning a third consecutive uh, Champions League, three out of four. 
Uh, now Zidane leaving the club, Ronaldo possibly going to Juventus. Uh, it's just been an Atletico Madrid winning another Europe, uh, Europa. Uh, it's it's so interesting how little time can pass, but so much can happen in the world of professional football. And meanwhile, we've got this symphony of the World Cup going on at the same time. It is a great thing to be a football supporter. And it's funny you say that because you all have probably seen this. So I think it was like Burnley makes Europe. I think Madrid wins the European Cup. There's two or three other things in 66 and 2018. I don't believe any of that nonsense. <laughs> You're well, telling me you didn't get excited clinging when you to, saw It's it? clinging to stuff. It's like, uh, I just 1966, it's my grandfather was wearing his red underpants, that, like. and he's wearing his red underpants today, so we're going to win it. Well, your grandfather better win, wear those underpants so you can win well, next Sunday, baby girl. Listen, uh, as far as the Premier League goes, uh, if you look at Pep's record, he was very convincing with Barcelona in La Liga. And then after he won, people started understanding how to play against Pep's groups. So in my opinion, I think United will probably win this year. I, I'm a Spurs guy. I would love to say Spurs, but you know what? They haven't they haven't performed at that level yet. They're going to finish top four. They're going to be in there. They're going to be close. But if there is a manager, if there is a manager that can absolutely out uh, be a better tactician than Pep, I would say it's Mourinho. What tactics, since we have tactics guys here in the room, and I'll keep harping on that, what tactics does Mourinho play in a now world where we're living with attacking football and this anti-football sentiment has basically been relegated to the dustbin. All the clubs that were relegated this year were all anti-football. United finish so far behind City, they're not even in the rearview mirror. There's nothing positive coming out of United. And I'm not a United hater. I respect everything that that club has done up until the last two or three years because Mourinho was always the wrong choice for that club. So, okay, I mean, you're... He's, uh, right, he's right and he's wrong. Yeah, there's, 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 it's a, pre <laughs> it's a pretty nuanced. Um, and I've done my job. Question: um, When you talk about negative football, you're not wrong. Okay. However, the reality of it is, because we've got such incredibly talented attacking players, um, and they don't need, they don't need to go forward in numbers. They can, they can take players on one, two, three, and and they can score goals. They can score goals in and out of the box. So you can kind of defend and sit back a little bit. The reality of it is. You just made the same comment that I've heard from, oh, United is junk, United is this, United is that. United finished in second place. I mean, this is one of their, Andy, I mean, you tell me, this is one of our more disappointing seasons. We finished in second place. Right. I mean, but if it wasn't for the fact United, that... United, wait, 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 United wait, wait. second place. United supporters do not celebrate second place. They do not take stock in second place. No, no, that no, is no, not that's the true. Manchester United which is, which that is I true. grew up having to suffer 100%, under. 100%. 100%. But Mourinho has won... Everywhere and everywhere he went, he won in his second year. He finished 18 points behind first place. This it's year. it's it's uh he also had a little bit a little bit more of a dustbin to collect than he's gone to other clubs. Let's be, let's be frank about that. Okay. No, that that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Well, the thing the thing about Mourinho is, look, here's what I would say. He is very, you said negative, you know, oriented, whatever you want to call it. Mourinho is very much a guy that he says we're going to have our defensive line. 
organized. We're going to have our midfield line organized. Mm -hmm. And then we'll worry about the attacking players later. And he's always had attacking players that were good enough to be able to score goals and to take care of things when his defensive block and his midfield block was Mm -hmm. sorted out. Now he's got a group where if you look at it, Lukaku, you know what? Lukaku can score goals against the bottom half of the league. Lukaku's not good enough to score goals against the top half of the He's league. Not, but yeah. That but, Lukaku that we're watching in the World Cup isn't the same Lukaku? Oh, it's 100% the same Lukaku because if you look, he scored two goals. He scored a brace in both games in the in the, uh, the group stages. He played against England, zero goals. He played in the quarter uh, in the round 16, zero goals. He played in the round uh, quarterfinals, zero goals. He scores off service. He doesn't. Sc- He's not the guy who's <coughs> taking the ball and running into the goal. The, the point that I'm making is, is that Mourinho as a master tactician, has to change his tactics. And I feel like Mourinho is good enough with the amount of Champions League's uh, League Cups that he has won that he will change his tactics next year and, and he's that a he few will players. be competitive. Andy, uh, I haven't watched a whole lot. Fred coming in? Yeah, Fred and Alexandro from Juventus looks like it's a done deal. Is, but is that, we're 35 million? I've been wrapped up in the World Cup, so I really yeah. haven't that. I understand. Um, Why does a master tactician have to change tactics then? Because well, that's, is that the definition of being a master tactician? Well, exactly. Absolutely. What, what, <laughs> so what has, what has he done in his career that shows his ability to change systems from teams to teams because he has, he has a, a great one Madrid was not a sit in the box and sit deep and defend they played a little bit of free-flowing style and, and when he was there and, and they went on um, when he went to Chelsea if you look at the evolution of that team he changed the style of that team as they were progressing through the season knowing who they were coming up to meet when they played in the premiership they played open they, they play, played going forward guess what when you come up against Barcelona in the final I would be so okay. A, a coaching truism, and Alex Ferguson said this: If I'm the better team, I'm not going to try to outkick you. Okay, sorry, I'll say that again. If I'm the better team, I'm not going to outkick you. Okay, I'm going to try to play football around you. If you're the better team, I'm not going to try to dribble around you. I'm going to try to outkick you. So that's from Ferguson. That's Wenger. That's that's Mourinho. That's Guardiola. They've all. Having said that, I just caught myself. Guardiola might be the only one who's ever held true to his guns in Spain. So anyway. I, I just think Mourinho's been found out. It's been a long time, and he leaves everywhere in complete flames. And I expect mm. this United se- season, honestly, to end in flames because this is third year, and that's his curse. The third year is always the curse. The players will have enough of sitting back, not playing to their ability, and they'll the chase them out. The fans are going to have enough of it. Yeah. The fan, the, Andy, I mean, you, you've got to know, both of you guys, you have to know the United supporters are like, this is not United football. I am a City supporter watching United saying, you are not playing United football. Oh, it was football. boring. I'm not, hey, hey, preaching to the choir. It was boring as hell. Uh, you watched, um, Mark, you said you were American sportsman? Yes. Um, uh, what's I his name? grew up around here, American sports. Um, oh, my God. I had a name and it just escaped me. He coached hockey. He comes in. He's in and out for two or three seasons, wins, and he's gone because he's just, he's got that style. Um, like Keen? Team. Yeah, New there York you go. Rangers. Yeah, so I mean, uh, don't get me started on New York Rangers. <laughs> We're not talking hockey. <laughs> well, he's a Cavs fan, obviously, and <laughs> no, they just won the Stanley Cup playoffs. No, no, I'm actually a Vancouver Canucks fan, and what? the Rangers beat the Canucks in '92. '94, '94. You. So anyway, that's that's my thing on Mourinho. Uh, is he the right? Who is the right guy anymore? I mean, not him. Ferguson. All right. He, I do need to ask the City fan. Enough of United for a second. <laughs> um, 
Do you City need to improve? Is there anywhere you see kind of like bolstering up that squad? So my hope for this year is that they can make the Champions League finals somehow, some way. Obviously, they've got the size of club to do it, the size of the roster to do it, especially if these two purchases come through. The question is, can they be consistent over the course of uh, not only the Premier League season, but of the Champions League season. And that's what Pep demands of, of his team and his players. Uh, Liverpool obviously making the Champions League final this year was fantastic. What an amazing year they had. The they finished fourth and they won nothing. And th there's nothing to say that playing in that final didn't mean something. It obviously means something. It's it's a fantastic accomplishment. They lost to one of the best sides but that's in their the history. Like I don't even want to get in there. I, I know that I take Liverpool down any chance I can, and I won't in this, and that they made it, they beat us to get there, so all credit to them. But at the same time, you have to show something at the end of the year. You have to lift trophies. Pep Guardiola wins trophies, and the next one to win and what the owners want the project to succeed in is Champions League. And that's been the way it's been for years. Yeah, so do I, would I mind if we slip back second or third and it meant that we got to the final? You know, I... I as a supporter, I just want to win the league, and, and maybe that's because City's success is still so recent that winning the league is the most important thing. We don't have the United mm -hmm. history. That's we don't have the thing. Liverpool history. Mm -hmm. uh, we have this conversation all the time with Spurs <laughs> supporters. You know, I say Spurs are loaded. They have so much talent. They have to win something, yet they seem to put no emphasis on winning the FA Cup, say. Win the FA Cup. That's what unlocked City success to me was right. we won that trophy, and then winning suddenly culture. it was like, Right. It changes the, every bit of mentality in the club. And I'd love to see Spurs do better this year. I, I thought Spurs were going to win the league last year. Is, is, Sometimes you need a champagne supernova. Is, is the... Neil Gallagher. Yeah, one trophy. <laughs> Don't is, look back in anger, Mark. Is the lack of interest in winning the FA Cup... Don't look back in anger. ...because of the international play now? I, you know, t you've got a Spurs fan sitting next to you. I've never understood the mentality in Spurs not to win British something. teams, British football used to be predominantly British players... British teams, FA Cup was everything. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a bunch of Europeans coming in. Do they care less about the FA Cup and more about the European Cup? 100%. They don't care about FA Cup at all. Well, but but putting something in the cabinet is going to, you know, the Spurs cabinet got not much in it right now. The only person that cares about FA Cup is Mourinho. It's had a vacancy for, like, years. Well, I think I think Chelsea, and here's another trophy that was lifted, Chelsea beat United in one of the absolutely worst matches I've watched in recent memory. That FA, and you guys probably like, I don't even remember it because it was so bad and we've had such good football since. But, yeah, I mean, Chelsea winning that one trophy means they had some success. There's something to look back and say, you know what, at least we won that. Maybe the size of the project is too big to be winning a, a cup that's a second-rate cup, but you have to win trophies. Otherwise, what are we doing? You know, and to me, the FA Cup, winning the Premier League's FA Cup or the F, the, the Cup of, of the Football Association is a big trophy. It, it, it always will be, and, and maybe that's primarily because I'm an English football supporter and it means something to me, but uh, these projects... They just wither on the vine. How much longer will Spurs hang on to a Harry Kane? Right. How much longer will they hold on to a Deli Alley? Because they're not winning anything. So my question to you, Brentley, is is Poch going to still be the the right guy to bring trophies to your club? Yeah, 100%. I is mean, he going to be he, there, though? No, he just he signed a contract extension, and 
Like he has done a very, very good job. With the yeah, grade. but you guys are just about to open a new stadium. So I've been telling Spurs fans this for the last three years. Welcome to opening up a new stadium. And I'm going to laugh when I see all your best players leave continually over the next three years. Kane's gone. Ali is gone. Danny Rose is gone. Walker already left. They're all going to leave. Like, you all are not going to be able to fund that. And Christian's right. Maybe you should have snuck a couple FA Cups out of it. You know, people rag on Arsenal, but at the end of the day, we've won, we've won three Cups the last six years. So, I know they're FA Cups. Yeah, we crashed out of Europa, but we still had Cups. We had parades. We have trophies in our cabinet. Like, Yeah, you don't think Mourinho was going for that FA Cup? I mean, they played oh, terribly, but he 100%. wanted to win. Oh, 100%. No, he needed to win. Yeah. I, I mean, that. I think Pochettino has the support of the, the board and that he's going to continue to develop players. It, it's a very progressive style. He's going to have to now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the boys want to be there because they've all signed contracts. Erickson, Kane, Ali, like all the guys except uh, Toby. But He gone. Yeah, that, that's what I think. I think uh, He's going to hang out with Mourinho. Yeah, well. He looks like Ryan McLemore, by the way. I mean, I, I I think Potch says, "Hey, we don't really need him because we got Sanchez," but I he's think going he's going to thrift shore shopping. Like, I think he's going to continue something. to develop the group, and you know, this year I think they're going to win some hardware. Really? Good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, hundred percent. Okay, so Dish, what do you think of United then? Do you think United are going to win anything next season? Do you think no. they could make a title charge? No, I, I I it hurts me to say it, but I think that they're just they're they're two seasons away. I don't think we have um, based United in, in British football. You need to have the fans on your side. United is not the fans on your side. I, Christian, I agree with you 100%. We've got some quality players, but we don't have an identity, Andy. You know that we don't. We don't have the style. We don't have the players going to put his foot in the ball, control the game. We don't have. Just, to me, it's, it goes back to identity. We don't have it, man. So I have a scenario. I think United will do well this year, but I do think the one team that I'm worried about is Liverpool. So I think they're going to well, do really well. Okay, but see, what's the standard? I mean, we've done well. We're in second. You okay. asked me if right. we're going to win, think, though. Think but. about this. Think about this. Okay, I'm thinking about it, Mark. Go ahead. Okay. So uh-huh. what if mm-hmm. United does poorly this year? Well, what is your dis- definition Mourinho, of poorly Mourinho's if, if we're gone. finished second and that's apparently poor? Mourinho's <laughs> gone. They take... Pochettino from Tottenham, Harry Kane goes to Madrid. Something, something to ponder about. Going. Something yeah. to ponder about. All right, guys, that's the end of the show. Uh, I want to go around. Thanks to my guests. I'm Thank Andy. You. Christian. Mark. Brent. Dish. And we'll be back soon for another show. Take care, guys. You've been listening to Blokes on the Bench with your host, Andy Richardson, on 94.7 WPVC LP Charlottesville. Join us again next Sunday at 6 for another edition and feed us back at facebook.com slash blokesonthebench. 